Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago sports. Chicago sports is the score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. In Odyssey Station. The score! I know what, what, what I have a vision to build. Um, I know what we built last time. And, um, you know, I have all the confidence in the world that we're going to get there. But I also uh, am aware that sometimes things speed up and sometimes sometimes things slow down. And I, I'm not you know, smart enough to know which of those are going to happen. But I do know... And I have the ultimate confidence. I, I know we're going to be successful, just like I, I knew that same thing last time. And it doesn't make the day-to-day any easier. It doesn't. But, you know, like I said, I, like, I have all the, confidence, all the confidence in the world about, you know, the, the quality of the team that we'll build. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. That is Jed Hoyer. Some wonderful stuff coming in. Via text about things to smile about in baseball, compiling them. We'll get to them later on this hour because we all could use it. But before that, no smiles allowed as we bring in Jordan Bastion of MLB.com. No smiling, Jordan. Uh, Jordan joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, mo- good morning. You tell me not to smile, but that just makes me want to smile. Uh, see? That's how it works. That's how it works. Um, I know something that actually has you smiling, and you wrote about it. And I, I'm glad to see what it feels like being represented in some numbers and some other ways and anecdotes, too. Nico Horner's having a better year at the plate than some of the basic production numbers would show, isn't he? He looks really good this year. Yeah, you know, when I talked to Nico at the start of the season, and I kind of, you know, it's like, hey, you know, when you were on the field last year, huge caveat, caveat there. You know, he was productive. And I said, you know, what can you take from that? What do you want to build on that? And he actually said yeah, he didn't think it was fair to even put any expectations because goal number one was to stay on the field. And so far, you know, other than the, the fluke incident with the, the umpire um, where he collided with him and missed some time, you know, he's been on the field and he's been productive and he's been uh, productive since he returned from that setback. Uh, and what's interesting is the underlying stuff, the hard hit rate, you know, uh, all the stat cast numbers I love, all those are trending up for him compared to last year, where last year the batting average in the on-base was, was a tick up. But this year the peripheral numbers are showing that he's, you know, he's making better contact, making the most of the contact 
that he does and contact is his game as a hitter and defensively he's been there and uh, I think what I wrote about today which I thought was interesting was the conversation with Andrelton Simmons I had a little while ago about you know I've covered baseball for 17 years I've covered plenty of veterans when they come back from an injury or whatever and it's I'm the veteran that's my spot uh, you know and they're kind of stubborn about it he right away was like I'll play second you know I'll be the backup you know Nico said uh, he was very complimentary of how Simmons has worked with him where it's not this four-time gold glover saying hey this is how you, how you do this thing it's more of a conversation with him of what were you thinking there and oh here's here's what I've done in the past and Nico said he's really appreciated that type of approach to learning shortstop because he is still learning it too so a lot of good things going on with Nico Horner and you know, as everyone talks about the, the, quote, next great Cubs team, you know, this is a guy that should be a part of that picture. So Horner and Hap and Contreras are the guys who are hitting very well and, and playing well. And we know that Wilson um, likely to be, to be dealt around the deadline. Um, Ian Hap commented on a little bit uh, today. Do you, do you have any feel for whether – the org and Ian Happ want to commit to each other longer than next year. Do you have any feel for what they want out of it? No, I, I don't have a feel for that. I mean, we've seen Ian Happ is willing to go to arbitration, fight for himself. So I think there is this sense of like, you know, this is a guy that's been willing to bet on himself in the past. And, you know, I wouldn't put him past him again, but he's also sung the praises of Chicago, you know, and, and has said how much he would love to love to stay. I do agree with, you know, kind of this sense of, if Ian Happ were to be traded at this deadline, I, I do think it sets a, a different type of expectation for, for timelines or, or what the Cubs are, are doing in the direction they're going. But, um, you know, I think this is a guy that uh, is showing right now as he's more of a veteran, more experienced, uh, maturing uh, as a ball player all around. You know, all those ups and downs we saw from the last few years, we see him sort of uh, taking what he's learned from each of those moments and applying it in an all-around sense this year. So I think it's a, it's a really interesting guy when you start trying to project out and thinking, well, how does he fit beyond this season, next season, beyond that? Let's go back to Nico's, uh, Nico's approach um, for a moment. And is there anything transferable about it? Because Lord knows the entire league could use more guys who make a lot of good contact in the zone, hit stuff that's away, away, and pull stuff that's in. Is is, is I, 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 like did did you walk away with anything that you felt like you could share with other players and and make them better somehow? You know the contact ability is, is an interesting one, right? I, I think that is more just you either have that innate ability to put the bat on the ball, um, you know, read pitches in a way where you can make that decision better than other guys. Uh, you know, I don't think that's something that's as transferable as other skills or as developable. I mean, I think. Swing decisions is what's developable. You know, reading pitches, uh, learning counts, knowing the guy you're facing, and then your contact rate is naturally going to go up if you're making better swing decisions. But I don't think the actual skill of, of bat the ball, that's an interesting one. It's not like power where you can develop power over years by getting stronger or, or making swing tweaks. So mm-hmm. it is interesting. But you are seeing um, the Cubs, as they went into this year, uh, were trying to build a lineup that included more of those higher contact rate guys because they were becoming 
very one-dimensional in past seasons. Yeah, no, for sure. But then, but then you see, like, oh wait, not all contact is good contact. I mean, God bless right. Nick, God bless Nick Madrigal, but man, all that contact isn't necessarily quality contact. So is that about swing plane? I know you get into the nitty gritty on it. Uh, is, is, <laughs> is is that what should be scouted more? Is is that swing plane, like the time that the bat is in the zone? Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. I think that, and we're getting to this point now. Um, with analytics and data where, you know, that's that stuff that they are starting to track and read and project out and look for guys in the draft with certain swing planes and bat paths and things like that. So I think that's all that's all part of it. And I think the Cubs are trying to do a, a lot of that behind the scenes of getting guys into their system that fit certain types of those profiles so that when they do eventually get to the lineup, the full lineup that they want down the road, it's a versatile, multifaceted lineup that has – a few of these contact guys, you know, a few of the power bats, they don't want to go down one lane. They want to make sure they have, uh, you know, guys that offer a variety of skill sets. And David Ross has said that, that variety through the lineup is, is one of his end goals with the, with this offense. Uh, Jordan, the veteran tryout guys, the 30, 31 year old tryout guys, who's, who, who, who's number one in that batch in terms of uh, they ought to feel comfortable. They've got a spot on this team next year, you know, of, of those kind of guys. Do you mean like the Rafael Ortega group and, and things like that? Yeah, Ortega, Schwindel, uh, Wisdom. I guess I got to throw Hermosillo in there, even though we haven't yep. seen him for a while. Yeah, uh, of, of that batch, who's, as, who, who's the leader in terms of job security for next year? Yeah, yeah. I, I think when you're looking at the corners, um, you know, I think what Wisdom and Schwindel are doing and, and just the uh, – well, Schwindel obviously is injured right now, but just where they are – um, affordability and where the team is timeline wise. And you look at who plays those positions and things like that. I, I would say their job security is pretty good right now. When you're looking at Rafael Ortega, you know, a guy like that, or, you know, some of the guys in the, in the bullpen that are on shorter term things, you know, that's where you start thinking more towards the trade deadline. You know, I, I, if Rafael Ortega can stay this hot at the plate um, as they get to the deadline, that's a guy that could be extremely useful as a role player for a, for a team that, that needs that type of fit, that versus right-handed, versatile outfielder, you know. So it, it's, it's all sort of defined by the deadline right now and which guys are increasing their stock. And, uh, but when you're starting to project the next season, you know, I don't think we're really talking about Wisdom or Schwindel in that group of deadline guys. So I think those are the guys that you'll say, okay, like you can pencil them in at the corners uh, and, and go from there. Mm. Doesn't mean you can't improve at those spots, though. Right, right. Um, Jordan Bastion from MLB.com here with us for a few more minutes um, down in uh, St. Louis. Um, it, is Adrian Sampson having a moment here? He was so terrific in relief and the velocity jump the other day. And then yesterday with the start, uh, the velocity wasn't quite there, but the swing and miss on the slider was. What do we make of this? Yeah, it's another one that's really interesting. Um, and this is a guy that this is the type of team that is – kind of perfect for an Adrian Sampson who's trying to assert himself, you know, get an opportunity and, uh, you know, maybe not just show the Cubs, you know, that he can stick and he can be valuable to, to eat up innings, um, but also kind of you're auditioning for other teams as well. Uh, so I think he's an interesting guy right now. He has, I think, what, last two outings, nine and two-thirds innings with 24 swinging strikes, 10 strikeouts. Um, you know, the Velo, as you mentioned, in his relief outing two times ago, was up to 95. Uh, his breaking pitch looks really good. He, 
we didn't want to delve into the details of the work he was doing when he was with the AAA staff, but he said, you know, they really were working and honing in on some specific stuff with his pitch mix, and, and uh, you know, he didn't want to give, give give anything away. It was kind of funny, but hmm. um, hmm. Uh, what was what was he worried What was he worried about? Was it was it was it mechanics? Was he worried about tipping something or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was uh, he didn't want to get into like the specifics of what he was working on there. And I don't know if that's just like a competitive thing, you know, but again, it's one of those things where like, we can all go look at the public data and see what he is, is doing. Um, but yeah, the break, breaking ball was really interesting yesterday and uh, pitching up in the zone with that fastball, especially in that relief outing was interesting. Um, I mean, they need him right now with the rotation kind of banged up and you need guys to heat up innings. And if Keegan's in the rotation, you know, maybe Samson can kind of fill that, multi-inning uh, relief swing type role when some of these guys hopefully come back. Yeah. Um, so, But he's an interesting guy. But like I said, it's one of those guys at his age and his experience, this isn't just pitching for the Cubs. This is pitching for uh, all the other teams that are watching him right now as well. Yeah, no, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, it, it, one more. What did you see from Caleb Killian um, that was not working in his two starts before they sent him down, because it, it looked very different than the first start. Was was it nibbling? Was it did he did he lose a little confidence and and stop throwing strikes? Because that's been the hallmark. Right, and uh, yeah, it was just kind of scattering pitches, and where it's a lot more in his minor league resume. And I know this it's it's kind of surface level cliche stuff, but it really did to me just look like a young kid who got to the big leagues and just that, that trust in your stuff didn't manifest the way that it has when you've watched his minor league outings. Or I remember watching the uh, Arizona Fall League championship game last year, just being blown away by just how dominant he was and how he carried himself on the mound. It just, you know, you kind of felt from the jump in that outing watching it, like he's going to throw a no-hitter. Like, uh, that's how good he is right now. Um, I, I, you didn't see that. And, and again, is that because we know the results? So we're saying... He didn't look as competent or, you know, sort of the uh, chicken and the egg argument there. But talking to Tommy Hadovy, he kind of echoed a lot of those same things that, hey, he just needs to go back down. They said there were a couple uh, delivery minor tweaks they sent him to AAA to hone in on. But also he said it's just coming to the major leagues and trusting that who you are at AAA can work in the major leagues and, and sticking to what he did down there. And I think for those first three innings, of his major league debut, we saw it. You know, I mean, he, he shattered Paul Goldsmith's bat and, you know, had a little comebacker from Arenado. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there were, I think his first couple pitches were, were strikes and swinging strikes. And, you know, you saw like, all right, this guy's here. This is it. This is the stuff. And then it fell apart and the command went to the wayside. So, you know, it's really interesting. I, I think next time we see him, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how much he's in that, kind of attack mode, which has kind of been his trademark down to the minor leagues. Yeah, you know, it, it seems a simple message, but it's what everybody will tell you. Yeah, David Robertson still talks about it. Yeah, just believe in my stuff and throw it over the plate. You know, just, just, just go ahead and do it. Jordan, thank you. Uh, get to work down there in St. Louis. Appreciate the time this morning. All right, anytime. All right, you got it. That's Jordan Bastion from MLB.com. Um, David Robertson, by the way, that made me smile this week. Dude, finally getting his first at bat. And just looking awful, just, just horrific for David Robertson. Swing and a miss. And another one, Diego Castillo.
striking out against a position player. Can't feel good for David Robertson. But he got the at-bat, and he was grinning like crazy. Yes, he was. Appreciate your text with the uh, smile recommendations. I will stockpile and get to those uh, towards the end of the hour. But I told you I wanted to talk to you, Wilson Contreras fans. I just want to make sure that you understand um, something about that relationship and about his role, etc. We'll talk about it next. It speaks with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 9 a.m. to noon. The stretch for the 2-2 from Hendricks. Here it comes. Swing and a miss, strike three. He never gave in to the young hitter. Kept throwing off-speed pitches and struck him out for out number one. Yeah, I was throwing some good ones. Uh, even the bad ones, they were good shape, you know, so, like, I was using them to my advantage. And Jan just kept calling it. He was calling it in really good counts where he's giving me room, room for error, a couple good two-strike ones even, you know. So he just did such a good job of feeling the game plan um, and feeling what they were trying to do against me. It was, it was nice tonight. Kyle Hendricks talking about Jan Gomes. He must feel a thousand different feelings when he sees Jan Gomes, most of them good. Boy, that was raving about a catcher from Kyle Hendricks. Um, Kyle was great the other night, Friday night in St. Louis, seven and a third shutout innings. 
And this came, frankly, on the heels of some inspired radio on Friday from uh, the Parkins and Spiegel show. Big fan of that show, by the way. Tell a friend or, or um, you know, a, a family member, somebody you like, somebody that you enjoy. Tell them that there's good radio happening between 2 and 6 um, here on The Score. So, yeah, we were talking about Hendrix. Like, there are so many reasons to enjoy Kyle. And Danny was very passionately talking about how Kyle's calm was important during the Cubs World Series run. Just how his demeanor and his pacing and his heartbeat being so low in big, big games, obviously, was so important and so helpful for Cub fans. We're freaking out! Freaking out! And now watching him get roughed up sucks. Just sucks. You know? And it could be uh, for a little while. It could be for, you know, he's, he's, he's under contract for a while more. And when a team is bad and somebody's under contract and their arm is healthy... They pitch and they get lit up. Look at Patrick Corbin in Washington right now. Woo, just getting destroyed every time out. And he goes as long as they can possibly let him go because he's getting paid a big pile of money and his arm is fine. That's why he's a beat the streak darling. We love Patrick Corbin on Beat the Streak. We choose hitters who are going up against Patrick Corbin or Antonio Senzatella on the regular. These are our guys. Um, But anyway, so you worry about like an extended period where Kyle is bad like that and how just how awkward and and painful and frustrating it would be to watch. He was not that on Friday night. He was really terrific. And why was he terrific? He mixed the change up and the fastball, got them going back and forth. Every time they were looking one, he kind of gave them the other. And remember, he's got two change-ups and two different fastballs, so he's mixing and sequencing and trying to do what he usually does, and that was really, really good. David Ross says um, that that's as good as I've seen him this year. Keeping him, off, keeping him off balance, vintage Kyle, impressive outing. Is there more of Hendricks talking about Gomes, or was that it? If that's it, I'll just I want I want people to play it again because this is a Cubs catcher, not named Wilson Contreras. This is Kyle Hendricks talking about. Jan Gomes and the lock-in that they had on Friday night. Yeah, I was throwing some good ones. Uh, even the bad ones, they were good shape, you know, so like I was using them to my advantage. And Jan just kept calling it. He was calling it in really good counts where he was giving me room, room for error, a couple good two-strike ones even, you know. So he just did such a good job of feeling the game plan um, and feeling what they were trying to do against me. It was, it was nice tonight. He'll never say it, but Hendricks does not get that kind of lock-in with Contreras. He just doesn't. And frankly, and they'll never say it out loud, but I'm talking to you, the Wilson Contreras fan, the ardent, passionate Wilson Contreras fan who wants him locked up and kept here. Okay? this is I'm talking to you. Most of the Cubs starting pitchers throughout Contreras' time have not felt that kind of lock-in with Wilson. Now, it is one facet of his job. How important of a facet? I think the Cubs believe it is number one. And they're not the only organization that feels that way. That if you've got a catcher who doesn't quite 
lock in with a starting pitcher in terms of sequencing and make them feel as comfortable and as confident as they possibly can be, then it's not a catcher you want to invest in long term. It's just not. Now, could Contreras play first base? Yeah, but there's a big pile of guys who could play first base. Could Contreras play a little third base? Little. Could he play a little left field? Sure, but there's again, there's other piles of guys who, who play out there. He wants to play catcher. He wants to. He loves to. And he's really good at some of the defensive aspects of catching. The arm is great. The snap throw. He's gotten better at the framing, yada, yada. But pitch sequencing, game planning, being inside the mindset of a starting pitcher and helping them be the very best version of themselves with the most conviction they can possibly have. Oh, this yep, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Wilson doesn't, he just doesn't really have that. And I, they've tried to help him develop it, but it's just, it's just not, it's, it's not in there. At least for now. Could it grow and be there? Yeah. Um, can you, with the right pitching staff, can you survive without having somebody who locks in like that in the same way? Yeah. But do you want to invest in a catcher without that? No. And they don't, and that's why. The worst offensive team from the catcher position all around Major League Baseball is the Houston Astros. Okay? Let me let me go go there. It's, I, I can call it up just to just to be just to be positive. I know how bad they have been, right? And it is uh, it's it's been it's been really bad from the catcher's position in Houston, and they are still thirtieth out of thirty with a four fifty OPS from the catcher spot. It's Houston. And a big part of that is Martin Maldonado. And Martin Maldonado is not going anywhere. And the Astros are not interested in Wilson Contreras or really any other offensive catcher. They are happy to punt offense at that position because of what Martin Maldonado brings. Christian Javier threw the first seven innings of a no-hitter yesterday for Houston in New York. Hector Neris, Ryan Presley pitched the final two innings. And Christian Javier said this about Martin Maldonado. All the pitches he was calling, I was already thinking in my head. I wanted to throw those pitches. Thanks to God, everything worked well. Having Maldonado at the plate is important to us. That is a young pitcher who just threw seven no-hit innings in New York and said that every pitch he was calling, I was already thinking in my head. That is a young pitcher with good stuff. Maldonado knows how talented these guys are, and he makes them be their absolute best. He is a guiding force, a solid force in the clubhouse. I don't care what his bat does, neither do they. But when Framber Valdez or Christian Javier or Jose Urquidy needs somebody to uh, tell them, hey, you're good, throw with conviction. He's doing it, not just verbally, but physically and, and, and through ESP during the course of a freaking game.
powerful stuff, man. Well, it explains why they, I mean, this is the third time I think the Astros have acquired or found a way to get Martin Maldonado on mm-hmm. the roster. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. And somewhere, Chris Tannehill, if he's painting a basement, if he's smoking pork shoulder, and even if he's not listening to this radio show, he is pining for Martin Maldonado on the Chicago White Sox. He loves that guy and has loved that guy forever. And these are some of the things. There's an incredible article um, in The Athletic from, what, last week about why the Astros are just not interested. They're deeply uninterested in acquiring anybody else at catcher. They're not. And it's it's not the norm anymore now, though. It's not, you know, like, I mean, you, you, you don't see teams go in this direction anymore. You know, like this, this typical stereotypical catcher that plays good defense, calls your teams, whatever. It's all about what that bat can do now. And mm-hmm. we've seen these guys come in here. So it is weird and, and different yeah. to see a team be so good, relies so much on a guy like Martin Maldonado. Yeah. And Texter says, as the pitcher, you have the final say on what pitch you throw. Just an excuse. Crediting a pitcher's success or failure to the catcher is a foolish mistake. Uh, obviously, the pitcher has the final say, but when they know that they're locked in with the catcher and you're gaining confidence from each other and you're feeling that sense of, of conviction, man, it makes you better. That's yeah. the thing. The it's synergy. Not, it, it, it's, it's not about, well, if it wasn't for that catcher, he would be terrible. It's not binary. It's, it's being a couple of percentage points better. And it does make you better. And there's so much sequencing and game planning and thought process that has to go in on it. And you can be a good front office and do all that stuff and put it all in the pitcher's head. But at the end of the day, he's just got to relax and breathe and trust his mechanics and throw. He needs somebody else thinking about everything along with him. And that is the catcher. You need him. And that bond's got to be real. It's got to be locked and loaded. And, and, and Wilson just doesn't quite have that. And so I understand a lack of willingness to spend four to five years and 80 to a hundred million dollars on Wilson Contreras when you don't really want him to be the guy guiding a big batch of young pitchers to be their very, very best over the next few years. It is 670 the score. And the Astros do indeed have Jason Castro, too, as a texter is saying. Another guy they love. There are lots of catchers like that. When they can hit, then you should never, ever let them go. When they are defensive like that and can think pitching like that. And they can hit, then you should never let them go. It's hit and run on 670 The Score. James Fegan from The Athletic will join us next hour at some point to talk about the White Sox. And uh, Tony La Russa and the struggle for accountability or lack thereof, but I asked for you to help make me smile in baseball, and I'm going to share those with you, and they're delightful. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel, Sunday mornings on The Score. It's a high fly ball, and that one's out of here. This is seven-year-old Bo Dowling, who as a toddler was diagnosed with high-risk neuroblastoma. He was recently diagnosed with thyroid cancer as well. He's done stem cell transplants and chemotherapy and radiation and all that awful stuff for a kid, for an adult, for anybody. But today, 
Bogart to run the bases after hitting himself a home run and then throw out the first pitch. And he's got an arm, by the way. Now that was a great moment before the game yesterday, and you can see about a two-minute highlight, highlight of it over on MLB.com. Bo Dowling getting a chance to run the bases and high-fiving the entire Orioles team on the way up the first baseline, the entire White Sox team culminating with Southpaw as he uh, just before he crossed the plate on the third base side. Just great, <clears throat> great stuff and a reminder of what it's all about, right? It's Matt Spiegel here with you on 670 The Score on Hit and Run. Do we get sentimental first as we look for a smile? Do we talk about some specifics? Well, sometimes the texture is real good, and he gets us there. I'm in a bad spot in my life, and I know that I'll always have Major League Baseball. Regardless of the on-field play, I love watching the camaraderie of the guys, the sunflower seeds, the bubble gum, the pine tar and rosin bags, etc. Over the years, the faces change, but that part never does. Baseball is my time machine. It reminds me of being in Little League. No matter the game, I always hear gathering crowds. Thank you, Speaks. That's Joey in Mishawaka. Joey, thank you. Goodness. So Gathering Crowds is the name of the track that is at the end of This Week in Baseball, the track that we uh, say goodbye with um, at the end of this show. And, uh, man, so, and he capitalizes that. Joey, whew. Sorry about the spot there, uh, Joey, but thank you for being here and feeling it that way. And Lord knows I do, too. I, the happiest part of my day is, you know, it's funny. When I'm prepping for Beat the Streak daily, Inside the Hits, the podcast that I do, I'm spending about 45 minutes just knee-deep in highlights and numbers and video. I don't know if it's the happiest part of my day, but, man, I'm just I'm looking at stuff every single morning, and I can tell you ridiculous details of things that I'm putting into my head and then sharing later on in the pod. I'm just having so much fun. I'm feeling like I'm 11 or 12 years old connected to the game on a daily basis, like looking at box scores, but this is me hanging out with highlights. That is a very happy part of the day that I would recommend to people. If you love this game, give yourself, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. Just scroll through um, you know, the film room section there over at MLB.com and read some stuff. Oh, it's fun. But maybe or you could just listen to the Beat the Street Daily Inside the Hits podcast where every day I'm getting to talk about hitters and what they're doing. Um, other stuff that you guys have texted in to offer some smiles. Jordan Alvarez has 155 extra base hits through his first 297 games. This is second all time among left-handed hitters to whom? Ted Williams. That's from B in Queens. That's outrageous. Ted started like a house of fire in 39 and was great in 40. And then in 41, he had 406 with enormous pile of home runs and extra base hits. That's what Jordan Alvarez is doing? Starting like that guy? Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, smile because the Savannah Bananas should make you smile. Yes, they absolutely do. I heard this... Um, from our buddy Len Casper, I was, I was driving around the other day and listening uh, to him. Do you know that if a fan catches a ball at a Savannah Bananas game, the batter's out. If a fan makes a clean catch. No way. Yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. 
We I, should go to a Savannah Bananas Let's game. go. They're touring, but they don't come close enough. What makes me happy? Being able to follow Shohei Otani. Did you guys see what Shohei did this week? Shohei hit two homers and drove in eight runs. Then the next night he was pitching and he did this. Outrageous. Oh, okay. Yeah, hit me with the home run. This is from last night. Hammer destroyed that baseball. Stare it down. Sigourney. We're tied at one. Otani 16th. 400. That baseball is covered. And 62 feet. 462. Well, he got himself an account. Change up up. Got his zone. And hit it a ton. Shoei goes, you know what? 118 miles an hour, 462 feet, that home run. Otani this week, though, he drove in eight runs one night. The next night, he struck out 13. He accrued one win above replacement in two days. In two days. It's just absolutely ridiculous uh, what Otani has done. And there's so much about that that's just, just insane. How about this? Every one of those eight RBIs came with the Angels trailing, and they ended up losing the game. Dude's insane, man. And the Angels are not. It's just crazy that last weekend, Mike Trout hit four game-winning homers in a five-game span, and then four days later, Shohei Otani is doing that, and the Angels are, what, 12 and a half games out of first place? It's just freaking crazy. Got a sweet hat though when they they wear when they hit home runs though. So uh, I do like the hat. I I do like the hat. Julio Rodriguez makes me smile, says a texter. Yeah, that's a very big, strong, fast man. Another one. Uh never forget, Speaks, you got to interview Roger Clemens. Smile. <laughs> I, I did. You're you're exactly right. Um other stuff that uh you guys came in with. I love this. Uh, here's something that makes me smile. I was really down seeing the Cubs take a lead and lose it in the later innings. Now I bet $5 on the opposing team. When the Cubs backslide, I start thinking about the $5 I'm going to make. And I smile. Now that is an interesting way to get it done. <laughs> oh, God. Here's something that makes me smile, Speaks. Who? Seeing our buddy uh, Danny Parkins on the uh, Marquee Reporter Show. Here. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I, I don't watch that show. No. Nah. Not a fan? No, no. Yeah. Dandy does look great in a suit, though. Does he? There you go. <laughs> oh, God. 670, the score, is where you are. Other stuff that makes us smile. Um, squirrels. Squirrels in the outfield. Make us oh, smile. This week in baseball, uh-huh. things got squirrel in Pittsburgh. I think there's a squirrel on the field. That's what everyone was excited about. Things there getting- he is. Things Can't are getting confirm, squirrely squirrel out there. You don't get a lot of that. Yeah, and I'm wondering if there's any communication between Ian Happ and him as far as like, hey, listen, I got the line right now. Yeah. You worry about the gap. <laughs> well, what, the other thing I wonder is, is, does Ian have any seeds on him? Oh, now now we know why he's out there. Yeah, because that would make a baby come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's Chavis now. Oh, and they're booing because, yeah, the crew is coming out. Oh, this is going to be, oh, here we go. I mean, this is just straight out of, (laughs) 
feel like I'm watching the Benny Hill show like, right now. Something like that, or This Week in Baseball. Yeah. Do the voice oh, again. This Luke. Week in Baseball. There we go. That's Things what I like. squirrel in Pittsburgh. That's what I like, Boog. I like when you do the voice, babe. Thank you. Oh, God. That was so fun. That was just delightful. I was actually cutting highlights for that game, and I just like couldn't believe like when Pat is doing the home run call for the squirrel and stuff. I was like, man, this is the highlight of, of this game, maybe this season. It's insane. The squirrel saving our lives here. Oh, God. God. So cool. I, I loved this moment in the Cardinals and Brewers game when Paul Goldschmidt got a hit and just kept running. It reminded me of my dad's advice in T-ball. Just keep running. Nobody can catch. A 1-1 pitch. Goldie, a base hit. Down the left field line and into the corner. Nolan Gorman is second on his way to third. Pop Warner says, let's go. Let's test him. Relay to the plate. The throw is not in time. It gets away. Goldie to third. They throw it away again. And Goldie will score. It's like a little league home run. And it's 2-0 St. Louis. It was a little league home run. It went past three different members of the Brewers on that throw. That was up the line. Just, just, it's nice to know that a lot of times, or at least sometimes, or at least occasionally, MLB players can be just like us. Uh, before we take a break, let's squeeze in Rich in Old Town, who's been very patient and hanging on. Thank you, Rich. Good morning. How are you? Morning, guys. Hey, Rich. Hello. I, uh, I tune in every Sunday. I was on Wow. That is interesting. Keep talking, Rich. Let me hear what that sounds like. Yeah. And I like to talk to you guys at the end of the game. Yeah. No, that's terrible. That, that's absolutely terrible. That's one of the more horrendous sounds I've ever heard a caller make. And that's not how Rich sounds. History tells us he doesn't sound like that. I've no, I don't understand. I don't understand Did either. Someone put the Alvin and Chipmunks filter on. Yeah, that? there's a helium thing going on, and there's a choppity chop chop thing going on. And Rich has been hanging for so long. I feel bad. Let's give it one more shot, and uh, and and see what's happening here. Um, Rich, give it another shot. Yeah. I'm here. yeah. I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, no, Rich, we can't. Sorry, man. <laughs> that was remarkable and awful. I promise he didn't sound like that when he called. I believe you. <laughs> I thoroughly believe you. One more hour of hit and run right here on 670. The score. Cody Decker coming up at noon. Uh, looking forward um, to uh, Cubs and Cardinals later on and then White Sox and Orioles later on. You know, it's a tough week in Chicago when the Pittsburgh Pirates fan base feels good about themselves after a Cubs series and the Orioles fan base feels good about themselves in the midst of a White Sox series. Baseball. Dial it up and get involved. We've got time for your phone calls right now. 312-644-6767. You'll hear from Crane Kenny, who was on Inside the Clubhouse yesterday. A little bit later in the hour, James Fegan from The Athletic will join us to talk Tony and more. And Chris Kampka. That will make me smile. That guy makes me smile. Keep it right here on Hit and Run on the Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.